0: You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. We're in this series if you're new with us called Glow and Tell. And this whole idea for this series comes from a book in the Bible called Philippians. And this is part of one of uh, the Apostle Paul's, Letters And and when you collect all these letters together, the word that we kind of would refer to, theologians would refer to, it's called the the Pauline letters. And so when you think about the Pauline letters, there's a variety of letters that he would write and he would write them to communities and then they would be named after the community. So the, the book of Philippians is sent to a community in Philippi. And so it's a community that he is writing this to. And he is writing this book from an ancient jail cell because he's been arrested for proclaiming the name and the fame of Jesus. Now, just to give you some context, Jesus, as we already know, died on a cross for proclaiming and naming him as the son of God. Then the disciples, many of them, were martyred for pointing people to Jesus. And this is all the backdrop that Paul has. And so he knows people are being killed for their faith in Christ. And at this point, he's been arrested and he's in jail awaiting a sentence. So he's on death row for all he might know. And in the midst of death row, he writes a book called Philippians. And the entire theme of the book is joy. And I was like, man, you're on death row for teaching and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And you write a book on joy. There are three themes. Today we're going to be in Philippians chapter three. So we're going chapter by chapter in this series. Today it's Philippians chapter three. There's three themes that we're going to cover today. And here they are. The first one is this we're going to learn to lean on God's. Power, not our own, but on God's. We're going to learn from God's pain. And then the third theme we see is rest and God's plan. So, with that said, if you have your Bible, you could open up to Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. If not, I'm going to have it on the screen. It's all good. Uh, so, Philippians 3, we're going to go right off the beginning, verse 1. We're going to talk about lean on God's power. It says this, My brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. So he starts off chapter three, similar to chapters one and two. He says, I'm going to just keep telling you to rejoice. So like that's the theme to have joy, to rejoice. So again, let me paint the picture. There's a guy on death row in an ancient jail cell. It is dark. He's telling people that have freedom that aren't in jail. Hey, I want you to have joy. You see what's happening? Like, like here he is in the midst of this horrible circumstance and he's trying to encourage other people how to have joy. Reminds me of the, a lot of the hudspice the past week. So many people are loving on them and, and the hudspice are saying, pastor, how are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, don't worry about how I'm doing. How are you doing? How can we pray for you?" And, and that's the heartbeat of what Paul has. And then we keep going in verse two. It says, watch out for those dogs. This is Paul. He's now talking smack. Okay, so he says, "Watch out for those dogs, those evil doers, those mutilators of the flesh." So now he's actually being sarcastic, and I'll unpack how he's being sarcastic in a minute. But he says, "Those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh." Though I myself have reason. For such confidence, so you might be thinking, like, ah, what does all that mean? Like, I'm hearing about dogs and and mutilating the flesh and circumcision. So let me just unpack a little bit of what this is. So circumcision is kind of like when you, well, it, it's sort of like it's sort of like it's kind of like this. If you were to, um, it's sort of like that. Okay, and <laughs> and I can't be any more clearer than that. Okay, so. So what's happening is is, is he's saying, hey, you got these mutilators of the flesh, people that are preaching circumcision. And so let me unpack. There's three different groups of people that are in this scene. There's the Jewish community. Jesus was Jewish. A a large amount of people were Jewish. And then, so this is the Jewish community. Then there's another community called the Gentiles. Gentiles is really easy to remember. Anybody that's not Jewish was a Gentile. That's it. Okay, so you got the Jewish, then you had the Gentiles, and then you had Judaizers. And these were people that were from the Jewish community that were becoming Christians. So they were Jewish and they were becoming Christians. But what they were doing is they were saying, in order for you to become a Christian, you have to first get circumcised. Okay, so they're telling, the Jewish people are telling Gentiles that they have to get circumcised in order to become Christians. So what they're doing is saying this. They're saying, we are Jewish, you're Gentile, if you want to be a Christian, you have to first become a Jew, then you have to become a Christian. That's what he's saying. He's saying, and he's calling them these mutilators of the flesh, and he says, we don't boast in our, in our flesh, we don't boast in anything we do, our only boasting is in Christ. And that's what he's talking about, and that's what he's saying here. He says, our confidence is not in anything we can do, it's what he's already done. He goes on in Ephesians. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. When you add anything to the gospel, you lose the gospel. Let me say that again. When you add anything to the gospel, you lose the gospel. And it sounds so weird and and foolish for for people to go, well, wait a minute, you want me to become Jewish first, then become a Christian? That doesn't make any sense, but we do that sometimes. We're like, hey, in order for you to be a Christian, you have to vote this way. Hey, in order for you to be a Christian, you have to dress this way. And in order for you to be a Christian, you can't use this language, then you could become a Christian. And it's like, no, 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 there's nothing we do to become a Christian. It's about a cross and an empty tomb is how we become Christians, Amen. And that's what Paul's getting at. And listen, I just, I want to make sure we're clear on something because we live in a culture in Central Florida where there are a lot of different religions. People call them churches. I call them religions where they add to the gospel. And I want to be careful. That is not another church or denomination. That is a religion. Anytime you add to the gospel, you lose the gospel. And you're thinking, what are you talking about, pastor? Well, listen, anytime somebody says, hey, to to be a part of our church or to, to follow Jesus, you need to follow this book, the Bible, and this other book that this other person wrote. Or you need to do this, and there's this other person that we follow. Or you need to do this, and here's a book of rules that we have to follow. All that, when you add to the gospel, you lose the gospel. And we need to be careful about what we think we add to the gospel, because there's nothing you and I could add. He goes on. Paul goes on in verse 7 and 8. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all things, I consider them all garbage that I might gain Christ. Now, I don't know what it looked like for you. Maybe you've experienced something like I did either when you went and graduated high school or maybe you graduated college or maybe it's when you got married. Your parents went to give you a hug goodbye or a handshake. And and with that handshake, they gave you some bends. And they're like, hey, son, daughter, I don't know how to explain this to you, but we have plans for your bedroom. Okay. So we're going to need you to take your stuff. Okay, so I got some of my bins, and somebody in the band, as I brought them up, they're like, it looks like these came straight from your attic. They saw all the dust. I was like, that's exactly where they came from. They came straight from my attic. Let me, um, let me share with you what's in, in these bins. These are things that I once thought were valuable as I was growing up that I now consider garbage, okay? Okay. <laughs> I don't know how many of y'all remember these, these, these things, the supertones. Okay. Now, now kids, listen, this is kind of like an iPod or an iPhone. Okay. You, you, this makes music somehow. Okay. So I got that. I got, um, when I graduated high school, they gave us, um, this beer mug. It's got all of our names on it. There's, there's Edgewater high school. This is a beer mode. In case you're one, you're like, what, how old were you when you graduated? I was like 17, 18 legal drinking ages, 21, just if you want to do math. So they were, they were saying, Hey, we know you're probably not going to wait. We want to help you get wasted. Here you go. <laughs> it's like, great. Really appreciate that educators. So apparently I once thought that was valuable. I now don't. Um, I found this, this is a, um, a ribbon. This is, if we can get a close-up, this is actually kind of important. This says first place, it's blue, blues for winners. Um, this is first place, this was in field day. Um, I got first place in fourth grade in an event, and I don't know how many, anybody else peaked in fourth grade? Apparently I peaked, <laughs> so like, I, I thought this was once valuable, and now I'm like, why did my wife not frame this? This should be in the house somewhere. I, I got a, a random hockey puck that I thought was valuable once. I have a miniature baseball I thought was valuable once. Like, I, there was a time when I thought all this was valuable. And now it's like, none of this is valuable. But like, at one point, this represented my life. And then I matured in the faith. And I matured as an adult. And I thought, this stuff is no longer valuable. And some of y'all are practically speaking, you're like, so are you going to get rid of it, Pastor? Nope, it's going back in the <laughs> attic. So Here, here's the thing I think, I think when we come to the end of our life, we're going to have bends. And we're going to have things that we're like, I once thought this was valuable. But compared to knowing my Christ, man, that was worthless. I think we're going to have a bin labeled time. And it's going to have all these things we wasted our time. Like I once thought Netflix was so valuable for hours, but compared to Christ, it was nothing. And then I think we might have how we spend our money and our resources. Man, I I wasted so much money. I once thought those things were valuable, but compared to Christ, it's all garbage. It's like, man, I don't, even, I don't even remember that life. I got a new life. I got a new purpose. It's all found in Christ. And so I'll just tell you ahead of time, start going through your bins and start just offering, like literally let's take our, our bins before the Lord in a sacrifice of praise and say, God, whatever I once thought was valuable, it is no longer valuable compared to knowing you, my Lord and Savior. So the first thing we see in Philippians is to lean on God's Power. The second theme we see is to learn from God's pain. And that's not something we always kind of think about a process, but this is what Paul says in Philippians 3.10. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. Like, it would be one thing for Paul to say this if he's on a mansion on top of a hill. Paul is saying this in a prison cell, potentially on death row. He's saying, hey, listen, I want to participate in Christ's suffering, even to the death, because I know Christ's death came with a, a resurrection, and so will mine. It's like, that is a deep theological prayer to say. He says, I want to learn and participate in his suffering." Mother Teresa said this. She said, this life in light of eternity will be nothing more than a bad night in a cheap hotel. Isn't that good? And as I read that quote, I thought, I- I've kind of had a bad night in a cheap hotel. A couple weeks ago, many of you know I've shared this. I was able to take my daughter, uh, Callie Joy, and she's now in Australia as a missionary uh, as a matter of fact, I heard from her this morning. She sent us pictures of her uh, petting uh, just wild kangaroos. And so we got to help her explain we don't pet random kangaroos. That's not what we do. Um, and so things that we didn't teach our kids growing up, okay? So on the way to dropping her off in Australia, we stopped in, uh, on the island of Oahu in Hawaii for 36 hours. And I want to explain how I got there. So I preached... We, 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 our flight left on a Sunday. I preached three sermons that day, like I normally do every Sunday. And just to let you know, like, man, I, I, I really do take this sacred. I try to give you everything I have. I pour my heart and soul into this. And, and by the time I'm done preaching, I'm exhausted. Like I am spent, I go home, I crash, I watch the Dolphins beat one of your teams. It's great. (laughs) And Sunday afternoon, that's my ritual. I, and I just, I'm, I'm beat. Well, this Sunday, several Sundays ago, I I, I didn't have time to take a nap. So I preached three three messages. I'm exhausted. Go home, finish packing, grab my stuff, get a quick bite to eat. Callie, Joy, and I head to the airport. We fly from Orlando to Los Angeles. And that's about a five or six-hour flight. Exhausted that whole flight. And I get there Los Angeles time at 9 p.m., which is like midnight, uh, you know, our time here. And and we have a 12-hour layover from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., I ain't, got, I ain't got nowhere to go, you know We're hanging out in the airport And I'm already just I'm just exhausted I'm tired And, um, and there's nobody in our entire terminal And so I'm like, okay, this is great Maybe we'll, we'll be able to catch some sleep here As a matter of fact, I got some pictures This is my daughter uh, She's smiling right there But uh, that's the only time she was awake She slept the entire time um, This is me pretending to sleep I did not sleep at all some of you are like, Pastor, is that a floor? I was a desperate man, okay? <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do was get to Hawaii and feel like I wanted to take a nap. I wanted to be refreshed, ready to go. I had limited time in Hawaii. And part of the reason I couldn't sleep is this reason right here. Listen to this. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. That was the (laughs) Macarena. I I, I kid you not. I think there was a security guard with a video camera like, I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to follow this guy around and I'm going to turn the music all the way up and I'm going to make sure he doesn't sleep at all all night. (laughs) So Mother Teresa, she said, this life in light of eternity will be nothing more than a bad night in a cheap hotel. You know what I learned I learned you're not. You just you can't complain when you're on your way to Hawaii. Ain't nobody want to hear me complain. Oh, we're so sorry for you. You had to sleep on the floor on the way to paradise. And I was tempted to complain. I didn't, but I was tempted. And here's here's what I was processing in my quiet time. For those of us that are Christians, we're on our way to paradise. We don't have anything con, to complain about on our way to paradise. And Mother Teresa's saying, it's like, hey, it's like one bad night in a cheap hotel compared to eternity with Jesus. It's like, ain't nobody want to hear us complain about, on our way to paradise? Like, we don't, have, we don't have anything to complain about as Christians compared to the glory that awaits us. And so many times we're focused on the airport and not the destination. We're focused on our current circumstances, and Paul warns against this, and this is what he says in Romans eight eighteen: I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. He's saying, I don't consider our present suffering, I'm looking ahead, I'm, I'm looking forward, and we call that being kingdom-minded. So the first thing we learn is to lean on God's power, the second thing is to learn from God's pain, and then the third thing is this, rest in God's plan. Philippians 3 goes on in verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. So he's given instructions. He's like, listen, I don't want to make a mistake and let you think I've already achieved all this. I'm, I'm like a work in progress. He's saying, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I'll press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what Paul's saying here, he's saying, listen, he's like gathering Christ, like, hey, listen, listen, listen. He said, if it's just one thing, I'm gonna give you my secret sauce. If like, if I figured anything out, it's this one thing. I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm looking ahead. And when he says, look ahead, he's not talking about his three to five year vision He's talking about heavenward. He's looking up. And you're like, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. I can't forget what I, what was behind me. Well, I know what Paul did. Paul persecuted Christians. Have you persecuted Christians? Paul was literally present when Stephen was killed for believing in Jesus. He was right there cheering them on. Have you sat and cheered on somebody's death because they love Jesus? So Paul is like, this is a horrible person. He's saying, the one thing I do is I'm forgetting the past and I'm focused heavenward and that's my secret sauce. I am kingdom minded. I'm not earthly present. And I don't know what you've done. I don't know what is haunting you from behind. But Paul would say, the secret sauce is forgetting what's behind and focus what lies ahead for the believer. And I would encourage you to do the same. Goes on in verse 20. He says, we do, it's easy to do this in a sense. He said, this is how. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Like we are to be kingdom minded because that's where we're from. That's how we were created. We were created for heaven. We are created for eternity. So I, I dropped my daughter off in Australia. I was in Australia. We were there for about two days before I dropped her off. I was in uh, Australia maybe another day or two. I think I was there a total of like three days, maybe three and a half days. And I want to just share my experience in Australia with you. Can I do that? So here are some words. They, they say they speak English. They don't speak English in Australia, okay? <laughs> they don't. And if you're Australian, whatever. Okay, you're in our country. <laughs> You're in my country now, okay? So online, Lake County, Apopka. I'm going to say a word. If you think you know the Australian word for the word I say, I want you just wherever you're out to shout it out, okay? Um, We'll start with this one. Exit. Yeah, crickets. They they call it getaway. So everywhere you see getaway. So I'm thinking like they're just giving robbers directions everywhere. Like getaway, 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 getaway. getaway. Like it's everywhere. Just getaway. Shrimp. Prawns. 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 P-R-A-W-N-S. Prawns. Candy. Lollies. Lollies. I went to the grocery store, saw an entire uh, aisle of lollies. I'm thinking they love lollipops. Like that's all I thought. I was like, that's a lot of lollipops. Pickup truck. Ute. That's what they call pickup truck. Uh, And I told my buddy, he's like, hey, listen, you got to call pickup trucks. I was like, I will not do that. I was like, you don't go to Lake County and call their pickup trucks huge. You, you can't do that. They're pickup trucks. Sunglasses. Sunnies, Yeah, Sunnies, not the barbecue place. <laughs> yeah, like I had to learn this language. I didn't know a lot of the words. I, I had to learn this. And then I, I go and eat. And I, I go and eat, and my friend takes me to a sushi place. And I like sushi and and I asked for chopsticks and they said, no, 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 no chopsticks. I said, okay, that's weird. I I normally eat with chopsticks. I said, can I have a fork? No fork. Okay. So I I get my sushi. This is how they gave it to me. It's not cut. They don't cut their sushi. I said, my man, how am I supposed to eat my sushi? Oh, he said, you pick it up like a hot dog. I was like, where are we? What is going on? So I have to pick it up, dip it, like dunk it in soy sauce and then just argh, like a, it's beef jerky. <laughs> so I'm in this nice restaurant. And like, it's so uncomfortable. And then I, and then I tip. The lady, the lady thought I was the most imper- impressive person. She must have thought I was hitting on her because my, my buddy is like, hey, listen, we don't tip in Australia. I was like, could you tell me that before I tip? Can you do that? <laughs> like, what else do I need to know? Gave her a generous tip. I went swimming on, in the beach lifeguards blow their whistle. They're, they're yelling at someone. I'm looking around to see who they're yelling at. Nobody's near me. <laughs> they're yelling at me. I, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I come in. So what's the problem? You can't swim there. You got to swim over here. Okay. Later on that afternoon, I go surfing. Same lifeguards blowing their whistles at me. What's the problem? I'm over here. You can't surf there. You got to surf over there. I'm like, so now the lifeguard, like I'm making everybody in Australia mad. Nobody's happy with me. I haven't even gotten into driving yet. Okay. I'm driving. They do everything opposite when it comes to a car. Not only do they drive on the opposite side, every, every function of a car is on the opposite end. So I'm driving inside the car on the wrong side and the wrong lane. And then my daughter can't stop laughing because every time I want to make a turn, I'm putting the wipers on. <laughs> Literally, it's just habit. Poop poop. The wiper, shh, shh, I accidentally played chicken with three different cars because I forgot. Freak people out. I think I went 100 miles an hour because it's not in miles per hour. I have no idea how fast I went. I have no idea. Then I was in a hotel, and I'm, I'm, I don't need you to judge me. I'm an ice kind of guy. I like ice in my drink. And I, I can't remember if it was in the morning or at night, but I, I just, I just, I have like, Clothes that I'm, I'm going to bed in, right? May have been at night. And, and I just wanted something to drink. And I go on my hotel floor. There's, there's every hotel I've ever been in, there's ice on your floor. There's not ice on the floor. So I just go down to reception. I grab my cup. I don't need a big thing, I just need a cup of ice. And I said to the receptionist, Hey, I'm just looking for some ice. Is there, where can I get some ice? And she looked at me like I was crazy. She said, Well, we don't have any ice. I was like, on the continent? Like, what are we talking here? <laughs> what are you, where are we at? She's like, we don't have any ice. So, and there's a restaurant, like, attached. So I was like, does the restaurant, no, we don't have any ice. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm baffling this woman right now. So I, and then she goes, oh, she gets excited. I said, yeah. She goes, I, I know where you can get some ice. If you go out our lobby, just go right across the street through those doors, and it just looked like normal doors. You go through those doors, they'll have ice for you. I said, great, that's awesome. So I go through those doors. What she didn't tell me is I was walking into a really nice, big mall. That's what she didn't tell me. I have a picture. (laughs) I'm in a mall, like Mall Millennia, a nice mall, dressed whatever, and I just got a cup looking for ice. Anybody got ice? Ice? (laughs) Anywhere? Anybody? I just need a cup of ice. That's all I need. Listen. One thing was obvious in my three and a half days in Australia. I was not Australian. Like nobody said, hey, so you from around here? Like nobody asked me that. Not one person. It was so clear that I was a tourist. Like there was no blending in for me. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, you shouldn't blend in. You're a tourist on planet Earth. You should never, ever blend in. You are a citizen of heaven. You know what I think is the most offensive question somebody could ask me? I think the most offensive question is, are you a Christian? I think that might be the most offensive question somebody could ask you. Like, what have I done to blend in so well that you don't recognize that I'm from somewhere else? What is it about my language that blends in with everybody else's? What is it about my actions that don't stand out? What is it about how I'm generous or not generous? What, what, like, we live in Orlando. It is so obvious to spot tourists, right? And maybe you're a tourist with us, we love you. Spend all your money here, it's cool. <laughs> but like, you don't have to wonder, is that person a tourist? Like, it's obvious, and this is what Paul says in Romans. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's saying, listen, your language should sound different than everybody else's in the office. Your actions should be completely different than everybody else's in your neighborhood. Like everything about you should be so different. You look like a tourist because you don't fit here. You're a citizen of heaven. That's what it should look like. That's what Paul is talking about. I think C.S. Lewis nailed it. He said, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were just those who thought most of the next. He's saying, listen, the people that had the biggest impact on earth were the ones that were thinking about heaven the most. You see, we are citizens. Our our minds, we should be kingdom-minded. And when I think about... has the biggest impact on me when I think about people I want to hang out with people that are heroes to me it's people that are kingdom minded there's just something different about kingdom minded people I'm not talking about people that say they're Christian I'm talking about kingdom minded people they're obsessed with the kingdom and they went up there to come down here I love those people so fun to hang out with those people let me pray for us Heavenly Father thank you so much that we're, we're not saved because of our works. We put no confidence in the flesh. God, we don't put confidence in our good works. It doesn't matter how generous we are, how much money we give. It doesn't matter how much we serve. We cannot earn our way to salvation. It doesn't matter about circumcision. It doesn't matter any of that, that we boast not in our good works, but on a cross and an empty tomb. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, would you help us to not get so well adjusted to our current circumstance that we forget about where we come from and where we're going. Help us to be kingdom-minded. Help us to remember we're citizens of heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Jordy Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.